This episode of Guitar Radio Show is brought to you in part by... Hey everybody, Mark Navin from Guitar Radio Show. I rarely endorse a product, and let alone on my own show, but I have to share an experience that I had with Geppetto Pickups at GeppettoGuitars.com. When I first heard about them, I called them up and I explained what I was looking for and what I was trying to achieve sonically. And I immediately realized that they understood what I needed and they explained how they could get me there. When does that happen in the digital age? Talking to someone about what you want, having an incredible customer service experience, and then getting the pickups and them sounding like I imagined and hoped for. The quality of Mike's workmanship can be heard in every note I play. The thing that really knocks me out is when other players say to me, hey, what's up with that killer tone? I say, go to GeppettoGuitars.com. I highly recommend them. Like the owner Mike O'Donohue says, we'll give your guitar its voice, but you'll make it sing. GeppettoGuitars.com Welcome to Guitar Radio Show, the show dedicated to the guitar player, guitar maker, gear builder, and purveyors of such items that you may not know about, but should.
right, folks, welcome back to Guitar Radio Show. Uh, we have with us a returning guest. He was here last in 2016. Um, his latest record, Chasing Horizons, has quickly become one of my favorite records of 2022. Definitely in the top 10 of my favorite records. Uh, and honestly, you know, for me, the criteria is it's got great playing, it feels good. And that's the big deal about this record. It just makes you feel so good. And ultimately, isn't that what music is there for? To make you feel good. Um, and uh, I'm super excited to have him back. We're going to talk about it and everything that's going on around it. Uh, folks, please welcome back to Guitar Radio Show, Mr. Russ Hewitt. How are you, Russ? I am good, man. It's a pleasure to talk to you again in death. And um, yes, it's been a little while, hasn't it? Yeah, for sure. Um, I really love this record. I think it's really, really wonderful. I think, you know, it's funny. It, it's it, Some artists, you know, sometimes they, they'll come out with a new record and it's like, okay, well, that's a little more the same. Or, oh, you know, they the other one was re- much better, you know, that type of thing. But you seem to be one of those artists that continues to change your benchmark or change your, you know, the, the echelon of what you do. Uh, do you ever feel like you're painting yourself into a corner? Like, okay, where do I go from here? Well, <laughs> I did after this album. I'm like, wh- what can I do next after this? <laughs> you know, I threw I threw the chicken uh, the kitchen sink at, at this one, and um, you know, it's it's yeah, as a musician, as as a guitar player, you know, sometimes. I, I overthink things and sometimes I overthink things for a good reason and sometimes I overthink things for a bad reason. But, mm-hmm. you know, just in terms of spacing between records and, and, you know, listening to artists and so forth, like I personally would hear a band, an artist that I like, I'll hear the new record and I go, ooh, man, I wish they would have spent a little bit more time on the songs and the production it just Mm -hmm. seems like it they just try to get it out as soon as possible um and then that's you know even and i muse is one of the most ingenious bands and i love all of their stuff but you know even on their latest albums like okay i like three songs maybe two for sure you know so i i don't know if it's just how i hear things or perceive things as i get older but I'm like, okay, well, if you're going to go through the process and the money and the time of writing, recording, putting out, and promoting a project, and particularly in something in my case where I'll get 200 plus times a year, I'm going to be playing these songs basically forever. Mm-hmm. So if I put something out, I better dang sure make sure that I like the song and that I've exhausted all possibilities for the song or you're just wasting time and money. So, you know, that's the long writing writing process and and sort of the beauty of being an independent musician is there's no, you know, ticking clock above my head so I'm able to get it right. But um, the writing process, putting stuff out, always trying to improve, um, you know, because it, there is pressure in the sense you don't want to let yourself down. You don't want to let, you know, your wife or your mom or your parents down or your friends down or fans that have followed you like, well, it's, you know, it wasn't as good as his 2011 release or something like that. So there is that sense of, of wanting to, at the very least, maintain the quality of writing, if not able to surpass it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that's one thing about this record that I really notice is that it's very cohesive. It's very consistent all the way through. Like, like there isn't any songs that stand out and say, "Well, that doesn't belong there." <laughs> you know what I mean? You ever, you ever have a record like that? It's like, well, how did this thing? Oh, get? Yeah. How did this track get oh, on this record? You know, it's like it's. I mean, not that it's a not that there's a bad song or whatever, but it just doesn't. It just it, there's not a ebb and flow with the rest of the record. It's like, well, that's weird. You know. Yeah, that's well. You know, some of the. I mean, 
you know, all-time great records like uh, Rumors by Fleetwood Mac. I mean, you get literally pitted on from beginning to end. Yeah. And and it's just like, oh. It's, yeah. You know, so there are, there are those perfect records that just, everything seems to be there. Right. And, um, you know, that's, that's, the, that's the temptation as a guitar player, right? Because you, and, and had I put out, let's say, a shred record back in the the 90s or the early 2000s those concepts are let me show off everything i can do so here's a country song here's a bluegrass song Mm -hmm. here's a ripping shred song here's Mm -hmm. a boogie song here's you know and and some of those work for for some of those you know it's it's enjoyable to hear you know an artist kind of play through all of those but you know that's that's i think that change of mindset as I moved on to this style is as somebody that's listening to this um, they don't want to hear me do a bluegrass song just because I can you know or a Chet Atkins song because I love Travis Picky and check it out I I can do my own version of that I mean it's you know I want to show off as a guitar player but guitar players sometimes don't take in consideration of who's listening and with my audience and the people that generally enjoy my stuff, they want to, you know, they love the Latin world thing. And I can kind of, I've got flexibility in the Latin world, but I don't want to go too far, too far astray. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, like what you just said about the records that, you know, like a shred record that might have, you know, uh, you know, like a chicken picking shred thing and this type of thing and that type of thing. You know, that's a very I think that's a completely different animal than what you do. Oh yeah, completely. You know, I, I, I mean, what you do, yeah. This is this is uh, has a Latin feel to it. Obviously, I mean, it's evident. Um, I mean, we. I think it's safe to call it Latin jazz, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it definitely falls into you know because I'm a subgenre of a subgenre so I can kind of float into a lot of things the yeah. Spanish guitar the new wave of a flamenco guitar Latin world Latin mm-hmm. jazz mm-hmm. Um, and even you know, even the, even a pop thing can be like that yeah no it's you know a lot of my tunes they're all written like pop songs there's an intro there's a verse there's right. a, sometimes a pre-chorus a chorus repeat there's a bridge there's a solo section right i mean i'm very cautious of song structure and form and right. you know even modes and melodies it's it's the resistance not to make something too busy mm-hmm. again because because you can as a guitar player mm-hmm. um so you know, this record is an exercise in restraint as much as it is, <laughs> you know, because again, it's it's fun. I you know I would love to sit down and just blow through an hour's worth of stuff, but it's like okay, that that doesn't make a song though. That just makes you know somebody blowing through a bunch of music. Right, right. I mean, it's interesting, you know, and and when you mentioned about the you know very song structure, very song oriented, in that there's. You know, this this there's this structure of the of the intro, the verse, the chorus, the bridge, the solo break. You know, and and creating that, it does make it uh, much more listenable. And I think that's part of the reason why it, it's it's um, it keeps capturing my ear. But you know, it's funny. One could also say that about somebody like Joe Satriani, who you know, oh, he, you yeah. know, he he yeah. his songs are very song oriented and in that structure of course once the lead break happens then you know it's like vikings and valhalla um <laughs> you know uh, well joe is the leader joe to me is of of that era um you know because i grew up with all of that but i think that's why surfing with alien stuck out and mm-hmm. and kind of peered above um and I mean that's you know and, and sometimes you get those songs if I could if George Lynch would have done a whole album worth of Mr. Scary type of songs that would have been incredible mm-hmm. you know or um, you know there are those you know there's perfect Eric Johnson with um, Cliffs of Dover right? right I mean he's it's the, it's the songs it's the melodies yes. and so forth Absolutely. and in fact I, I hadn't had a chance to read it yet but 
they've got a new interview with Joe Satriani and he's talking about, you know, you're not going to get a billion streams, you know, just shredding over scales. You need songs and melodies. And, and, you know, I've heard him say something to that extent before, um, you know, and he's right. It really just depends on your audience, you know, and, and there's, there's a weird thing that I noticed too. And I guess it's kind of via through even YouTube, there's certain music, that I can watch and listen a lot easier than I can just listen. If you take away the visual aspect of it and you just stick it on to listen to, it's not as enjoyable. And I and I I kind of pinned it down to well, it's, you're not watching. You know, if you're watching on video, the fingers fly and so forth, and it's incredible. But if it's just listening for the song's sake, it's like uh, it's kind of lacking. That's interesting. I hadn't really pondered that before, but as you were saying that, I could think of several artists, several songs. Oh, absolutely! Out I mean, there Alan Holdsworth is one of the greatest guitarists ever. Yeah, I can watch a whole. I you know I fall into that the YouTube wormhole of concerts, and it's just amazing. But if I stick on an Alan Holdsworth record as I'm driving or doing anything else, I it doesn't hold my attention hmm. and it just it's it's you know because the visual is not there and it's just too out there but as a musician i can watch and, and really appreciate and go oh yeah that's i i see i see what's going on there but you know so that's yeah you take away the visual of it and it's just you just listen to it as a song yeah and it's like mm, yeah yeah yeah. Is this a record that was um, was this written and recorded in lockdown or was this a was this much longer process for you? Well, this was actually the, the worst answer is yes, both. So this was actually finished pre lockdown. Oh, so one of those it was it was done. <laughs> Right, so we, I had just gone to Nam in January. It was done as a, getting all the things kind of together to, to put it out. Lockdown basically happened in March, and I was like, you know, let let me just hold off on this because it's, you know, as the uncertainty started to happen, you know, try to get somebody to listen or pay attention to a record just seemed impractical and insensitive so i was like let me just let me wait till things kind of settle down and then two years later i'm like this thing has to get out this is just you know <laughs> in in you know clearly this isn't the first record that's come out since post lockdown so it's everybody's kind of back in the in the mindset of willing to to listen to and you know mm -hmm. kind of get back to normal but it's been it's been done and sitting for a little while, but because it was sitting during lockdown, there were additional opportunities to get guest artists on the record that were not were not there previously. So, you know, the, the, my my um, trade off for waiting another two years is I was able to get Nuno Bentoncourt on it and mm -hmm. get the Romania National Symphony on it, mm -hmm. which those were, you know, in two of the highlight songs on the record, um, you know, personally. So it's, you know, it was worth it. Yeah, it, it's uh, it definitely. And having those having those additions of, of people once again did not deter from that consistency that we were talking about earlier. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, the, all the songs were written. So, in my approach to guest artists is—I don't know if it's the opposite of a lot of people, but I don't think it's the norm. So, I never write a song with a guest artist in mind. I—I mm -hmm. I write a song and we finish recording it, and then I think, oh, you know who would sound really good on this? You know, X, Y, or Z guy. Right. This fits his style of groove, and then so then. So, you know, so then they add in their parts. So they're not, 
I'm not necessarily writing the song with them or like I'm going to write the song just solely to get this person to see if he's interested. It's the song's complete, the structure's complete. If if I'm able to get that guest artist, we just double up the solo and away we go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and that and it's interesting too. You, um, so you mentioned Nuno Betancourt. Um, he's on the he's on the uh, title track of the record, and uh, it's seamless. It's it's really really excellent. And and I love the video. Um, Thank you. It's so uh, it uh, the video is one of those. You know, performing outside in beautiful, lush uh, areas and and landscapes, and um, it really the the music and the and the and the visual really really complement each other. Folks, go to guitarradioshow.com. There'll be the video will be there. Also, you can see it at russhewittmusic.com, and of course on YouTube. Um, yeah. So that video. So you know the. As I mentioned before, my overthinking. So, so Nuno recorded it, and then he shot his video, right. which was outside Hollywood Hills. You know, great sunset. Was, was it like, really okay. in Hollywood Hills? Yeah. <laughs> that, that, yeah, I swear to God, <laughs> it looks like Spain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he found a, the perfect spot. So then I'm thinking, it's like, okay, well, I wonder if I can find a spot that no one's ever recorded before right or even really knows about so i flew to uh um san miguel de ande in mexico and then we drove another hour and a half outside of that city to a small mexican town in the middle of nowhere that has probably a population of a couple of hundred people which had this old church and a rundown mission next to it Mm -hmm. so we were we were definitely in, in, you know, smack dab in the middle of Mexico, in the middle of nowhere, and uh, we just got, we just got lucky. It was perfect weather. We had, you know, thirty foot high cactuses, a rundown mission, the current church, um, the mountains, just everything. It was, you know, it was a, it was a one in a million kind of location that we were able to track down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and and just and a great song, great song, and a great interplay with you two. It's it's really really wonderful. Um, Thank you. The uh, what made you decide to have that be the uh, title track? It that well the title it the title the title of the album was like the last thing, like I couldn't decide what it was going to be right. it was going to be a, a song title was it going to be something else there was going to be a song title and it was actually down between either Chasing Horizons or the Marty Friedman single Viva um, Libre you know, which, which means live free so I was like which do I want to go so then the decision really came down to do I want a English sounding title or a Spanish sounding mm-hmm. title mm-hmm. Um, but that's that was you know the last minute you know I've got two days to figure out what the title is going to be kind of thing so I so it's it, the song titles are always the hardest the album title is is I just I can't think of anything you know so so then I try to figure what what works best but yeah it was just by coincidence that that he happened to be on the the title track yeah when when do you find that because the the album i noticed is sequenced really well do you find do you do you really uh, ruminate on that is it really is it a stressful process for you of course because again back to my overthinking right <laughs> um it it's it's yeah the 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 order is as important as as the song themselves because and i've noticed like when i've um you know i've got so my my car doesn't have a cd player set up i put everything on an ipod because it's got a usb and then i've loaded a bunch of cds on there and so forth um and then sometimes those song orders on those cds don't 
go in the correct order for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And so I'll listen to a record that I'm that I'm familiar with and that I know, but the songs are out of order, and it's not even the same record to me. Hmm. I'm like, it, I, I mean, obviously I know the songs, but like how they're played, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like I, if if I heard it in this order, it wouldn't have the same impact. So, you know, with with this day and age of, of streaming and, and singles and so forth, you know, some say, well, it's, it doesn't matter because they're just kind of stream and blah blah. blah. I'm like, it it absolutely matters. You gotta, you, you get, you know, Allende is a slow build up. It's a slow introduction. Um, there's no way I could have started the album with track 10 because it's too exotic. Your ears hadn't reached that point yet. Right. Um, so uh, slow build with Allende, build it up, build it up, peak it with the Marty tune, bring it back down with the, the Bucharest All-Star Orchestra song, build it back up and, and, and it, it's exotic. So yeah, there's... I mean, there is a science to it, but just in terms of me sitting down with these songs, mm -hmm. that's that's very important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you 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 play with a lot of uh, you've done a lot of work with orchestral, you know, in the orchestral realm. Um, your music fits it really, really well. It seems in, it seems like an area that you're really comfortable in. I hear when I I hear it all in my head, right. And and as a player, musicians like this, it's a blessing and a curse. You know, you know, I hear all the time people like, you know, I wrote a song in ten minutes. It was all in my head. Paul McCartney woke up from a dream and and wrote yesterday. I mean, it just, you know, things sometimes come out quickly. Sometimes you hear things big. Um, I literally hear all my songs with a seventy-piece orchestra behind it. And I've only recently, since 2019, been able to perform with symphonies and orchestras and philharmonics. And um, yeah, it just, everything I hear, it the strings will add to it. You know, on the recordings, there's pads and there's, um, there are strings in there in the background so maybe even subconsciously the listeners hearing it with strings and, and pads but um yeah it still comes down to it if you write a good song if you no matter what you add to it it's still a good song if you add a special guest it doesn't change it or if you add strings and lush to it um it's still a good song, you know, and we, mm -hmm. you see that all the time with movies and TV shows, like you'll see a movie and it's got, it checks all the boxes, except it's not a good movie, it's not a good story. And it's like, well, the visuals were great and the acting was good and the music was good, it just, it, it was a lame movie, mm -hmm. you know, so it's, with the strings, the, the, the it's the bells and whistles um, and I've got, uh, I'm definitely looking, always looking for opportunities to play with strings with my music because, as you said, I, I think it fits very well with that world as well. Yeah, no, I agree. So the record uh, came out in August, right? I think it was? August 19th, almost a month ago, yeah. Almost a month ago, okay. So, um, and since then, it's you're already receiving awards for it. Yeah, so it's been you know been getting great press and reviews. Um, a couple of weeks ago, it I won five awards for from the Indie Music Channel Awards. Um, the I won one for Best World Song, which is track ten, Return to Cimitai, where I had the Vietnamese zither on it. Mm -hmm. um, best video with Nuno. So. Um, you know, so that that paid off, and then for the other three awards, they came from the uh, Amor Pedido, which is the one with the Bucharest All Star Orchestra. As so, those were best instrumental artist, instrumental song, and overall song that I won for that one. So, yeah, no, it was great. It was, um, yeah, it, it's you know you you write songs in a bubble and you think they're good and you hope they're good and, and you hope 
people would receive them well but you know honestly you just never know so this it's 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 a relief actually that it's finding an audience and that that people are are liking it yeah i mean i, I mean isn't that really it ultimately though it's like you know you write songs and you got to write them for yourself first and then if you feel good about them there's going to be somebody else that feels good about them too yeah yeah no that's that's it that's you know and again as i said because i play these songs so much and you know in essence they're little legacies right you know these songs ideally will you know at least for a little while be around after i'm gone and and if somebody discovers me on this album and they go back and like oh he's got three other albums let's check them out you know so it's in this digital age they're out there forever in the ether world so mm-hmm. um you know before <laughs> and i'm kind of glad you know it's like some of my early rock band stuff and things that i put out i'm kind of glad they they're not really around anymore um <laughs> but nowadays with, with this stuff it just they, it lasts forever so you, you're right you better be happy with it <laughs> Oh my goodness! Um, yeah, there were some bands in the '90s. I was like, mm, yeah. <laughs> um, you have one song on here called uh, "Sunset Samba," which features um, George Struns from Struns and Farah. Yeah, Jorge. So he's he's Spanish, so it'd be a that's Jorge. Right, Jorge. My, my apologies. Uh, <laughs> I, I've had I actually have had them both on the show. They were wonderful. Um, oh, they are. I, I love them. They and, are. And they're so gregarious. Genuine, yeah. They're so gregarious and they're so full of life. Um, how was that session like? What was that sort of like for you? So those were, um, you know, so I had artists here, had artists here on my last album. And um, so then I had them again on this album and he suggested to Jorge like hey why don't you also play a song on this recording and um, so it, the, the cool thing with 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 them is like every time I go to LA I always go to dinner and hang out with, with Artish Year and then I'll go to Jorge's studio at his house and I'll take guitar lessons from him hmm. and um, so he doesn't I mean he's he doesn't teach but he'll 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 entertain me for the night and and have me come over and we'll spend three or four hours just talking and jamming and i'll ask him questions and so forth just you know in jorge's just his spirit and his aura is just so incredible you just you know you feel better as a person having met him and spent time with him so we would just hang and he would you know show me stuff and i'd obviously have full of questions and and so we've had a a a repertoire and and a working relationship for a little while so for these sessions because it was fairly i mean the distance wise and and fairly uh early on in this they just they sent up the tracks but i you know, I've worked with them on it, but this this was the case of where they, you know, Jorge sent up his his solo. Then he added all the extra stuff. He added this. He added the harmonies to the chorus, um, the little the little playing around before the solos. And um, I just being a fan. It, when I heard their live album in '97, it it changed my approach to the guitar. And the, the fact that I can call them friends, the fact that they have played on my record, I just, it's, it's beyond reality to me. Mm-hmm. Have the three of you ever played together all at the same time? We have not, no. No, I, I don't know if I would want to, because I, I would just be like watching them, I would be... <laughs> <laughs> like playing basketball with Michael Jordan, right? You just kind of watch him do his thing. Like, oh wait, I guess it's my turn. But you know, that's it's it. Just you know, those guys are are, are just special, and, and 
in in the weekend, I went to L.A. for those awards. That you know, Artie Shear took me to this incredible Middle Eastern restaurant. We we pigged out on some incredible food. But just you know, it's you know, I respect their time and I respect what they do. And obviously, if the opportunity arises, I would I would jump to it. Right. Um, you know, but just us getting together and and kind of jamming out, we have not. Although I have with 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 Jorge, you know, when we do lessons and we trade off, then you know I would I kind of do my thing, and then he would do his thing, and I would just have this biggest grin on my face, just like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Um, it's so interesting with having uh, Marty Friedman on this record. He's such a chameleon in, he, in what he does. I mean. He had one song in on a Megadeth tune where he had, where he did a little nylon string, right. and I think it I think it was on Rest in Peace or something. It was just I mean it might have been twenty sec fifteen seconds of a little lick, and I'm like that sounds killer, you know. Obviously, his his years with Cacophony, then his solo stuff, and then Megadeth, and then. His, his solo albums in Japan and doing all the Japanese artists. I mean, he he is a guitarist guitarist, mm-hmm. right? He I can hear two notes from him and either know it's him or somebody trying to sound like him. I mean, he's, he's in the rarefied air of having his own distinct style. So, um, the at the end of that song that he's on, came up with this pretty cool chord progression uh, it's like minor one and then it goes to a major two flat two seven and then dominant five seven then back to one it's it's not at all in one key and not all guitarists really know what to do with that um, but I'm like Marty would kill on this song because he would catch those changes, mm-hmm. and if you do an exotic scale with those changes, then it's you're then it, you're really flying. So, um, yeah. So after I did that progression, we I'm fortunate enough to be endorsed by the same cable company as he is at Analysis Plus Cables. So, um, and and I would do a ton of stuff for Analysis Plus. I would play their booth at Nam and and been with them for almost a decade so i just reached out to the owner and was like hey can you can you do an introduction i've got a song i think marty would be perfect for so it happened i mean the email introduction happened like on a wednesday and by that next monday he had sent up his track Hmm. so it it was it was that quick and he was he's still in japan at at the time and i guess still is but yeah he he heard it i i just politely requested to use either a nylon string or an acoustic and so he he did it on acoustic and it just it still to me sounds like marty yeah so that's that's awesome yeah uh once again another really great track and and still has that consistency so what's what's great about these musicians that are playing with you, they they obviously heard, heard your music and they said, "Oh, I get it. I need." And, and they respect the music. Um, that's yeah. That's so yeah. Cool. That's I mean, that's incredible. You know, it, it's just because you know somebody or you're friends with them doesn't mean they're gonna do it right. You right. know, just you, you've got to you've got to check off the box. It's it's got to be musically quality it's got to be with great players it's got to be a, a good tune it they just you know it's not somebody's demo that they've done in their room right. you know think it'd be cool to have somebody famous play on it it's you've got to you've got to spark their interest a little bit mm-hmm. um so you know it, when when presented these tunes they were you know almost again mixed and done it's like here is the song you know as it is it's got an incredible drummer bass player here's the mix i use it you know for the marty song it's and then i use a trace guitar 
it's got a Montura group, and then it kind of, you know, it's got a payoff for a course, and then it goes this whole other section where we just throw down, you know, are you interested? So, you know, if you present it in, in a professional way and you present it, if you present a good song, again, always going back to the song, then they're more likely going to do it than just, you know, agreeing to do it before they hear anything and, mm -hmm. and even with the shuns and for guys just because i know them personally and we hang out that's not an automatic yes right you know they they still well let me hear what you got you know if it was at a time if the drummer sped up if the mix wasn't good if it was a little sloppy they're not going to agree because it's their name that's attached to it too sure. so you know to get to get their approval, them and, and the other guest artists to to agree to have their name attached to me, who, you know, who am I? That's it's quite an honor. Mm -hmm. No, I agree, absolutely. You were mentioning earlier about Analysis Plus. We should also mention some of the other people that you work with. Um, obviously, Golden Guitars, Morley, Tone Bone, Mission Engineering. Um, VPix, that's something new for you too, right? Is VPix fairly new? Well, no, I've actually. I mean, VPix was was one of the early early ones too. So, I mean, I you know, I, and thank God for VPix because I using the, a pick on nylon strings. There's a tendency to to make it sound very thin. Mm -hmm. um, so I went through dozens and dozens of picks i at one point just went to guitar center and said literally give me one of everything and some were okay some were just not until i i stumbled across the v picks and those picks on my nylon string gives it a full sound without it being thin or bright mm -hmm. um yeah so i I love them. So it, I've been with them for, for a bit. So that, you know, the Godin guitars are, have been great. Um, I've gone through dozens of, of nylon string guitars. And, and once you plug it in, you're just at the mercy of the pickup system, right? I mean, you can have a $5,000 handmade Koa nylon string guitar, but if you've got a crappy pickup system, it's going to sound like crap. Mm -hmm. But those those Godin guitars are very consistent. There's a perfect balance from the bass strings and the, and the treble strings, which is very hard on a nylon. So they've been incredible. Um, V-Picks, the, uh, the Q-Jack, is actually a another company off of the Analysis Plus cables and their concept, which is which is genius, and I'm kind of surprised no one's ever thought of this before. But your only contact from your guitar and your pickups and your amp is not only your cable, but it's your your guitar jack, right? Mm -hmm. That's it. I mean, it's in the guitar jacks in general. They're they're cheap. They're a, a dollar. They're thirty cent piece. One little metal contacting your guitar cable. So you can have a thirty thousand dollar guitar with all the bells and whistles, and the only sound that's coming from that guitar is through your guitar jack that's attached by a little bendable metal piece that touches your guitar cable <laughs> like that's it mm -hmm. so the the qi jack it's it's almost like a glove so there's three points of contact from your guitar jack to your cable and it hugs the it hugs the cable as opposed to just a single point so it's it's like I, I can't believe no one's ever thought of this before. So that's that's an incredible thing. Um, with Morley DSL effects, mission mission engineering, the radio tone bone I use as you know my DI box when I play live. Um, Voodoo Labs been great. Nunaberg Reverb is is one of my favorite new toys out there that I've been messing with. Um, and then my pedal board, BBF, and then Primo Acoustic, which is a, another company off the, the radial engineering line that, that I've got um, 
all my acoustics in my studio done by them. So I'm blessed, you know, these, these companies again have allowed me to you know, represent them and, and it's, it's everything that I use, you know, there's nothing that I gratuitously just like, yeah, just give it to me because, you know, I want it and it's free. This is, <laughs> you know, it's stuff that I use and it's stuff that I can, you know, describe and, and explain how it's used and, and why I use it. So, you know, it's, I'm, I'm very blessed that way. Yeah, it's uh, and and yeah. I've, I mean, with all the video I've seen, I've, I unfortunately I have yet to see you live in person, even though you were here in Austin. Um, uh, but I, in all the video I've seen you in watching you play live, you can tell what's going on and that you are, you're literally using that stuff. So it's yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so we we said earlier, you know, we were talking about the the. Uh, the inevitability of okay at some point in time there'll be another record down the road there'll be some, yeah. there'll be something else and you're going to have to figure out a way for let the paint dry so you can get out of that corner um, uh, have you already started writing or are you always writing um I haven't started writing yet. I'm I'm always gathering ideas. So you know, with with this new album, I'm doing you know the press and promotion right now. So that's kind of my focus in in the time. Um, and I did um, you know I might be doing some stuff with an Indian guitarist that I've done some shows with. Um, that that will kind of check off another box of my which is which would lean a little bit more toward the gratuitous playing mm-hmm. um but gratuitous with songs and, and a unique spin to it mm-hmm. um but you know i i i think with this this latest album the, the template is there you know just if i can if i can use a, a template of chasing horizons moving forward and again it's still you know i'm a broken record here but it still comes down to if i can write a great song you know i want to continue to explore these different rhythms and it's, and that's part of the reason why i do lessons with with jorge struns is he's 78 right now is he really and yeah wow yeah, so he and an artist here is 68 so they're getting up there and their their rhythms on their albums i've never heard anybody do before so i'm like you know that i'm I'm not going to say passing the torch because that is the most incorrect way to, to use it but it's like i don't want these rhythms to be lost right i don't want the these these incredible six eight stuff or or their wealth of knowledge on the on the rhythms they use on their albums to to fade away so i want to learn learn these rhythms and and continue to you know and my approach to songwriting obviously is different than theirs um although i did hear artist here did play me the new album as we were cruising through Laurel Canyon last weekend and uh, it sounds great I mean they, they haven't lost a step but um, you know just just for the new just for the new or the next record I should say just if I can do great songs maybe continue to bring artists and guest artists that aren't used to this genre mm-hmm. and bring them over to this world you know and then definitely look to have another orchestral type of piece with um with another song with live strings and um another exotic song with another exotic instrument somewhere mm-hmm. um you know if if i can of course i say that and then you know once i get writing who knows really where will it end up but <laughs> Well, I, I I think it's like I said to you earlier, and before, and off mic, I told you this is really just I love this record, and I definitely think it's your best. It makes it just feels so good. It's just a really great listen, and it's one of those um, records that I was actually uh, I don't know. I think I've listened to it 
probably a total of 20 times at least. Wow. Because wow. I, 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 I kind of just put it on a loop and just let it go and go. Um, I was working in my office the other day and I just had it on in a loop and uh, someone came into the office and said, what is that? I said, I, said, I, told, I told them what it is and they, they were like, that's really great. Uh, what's the name? And they wrote it down on a post-it and they went back to their office and put it on. Wow. So, um, wow, that's, that's incredible. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, that's, that is the, the biggest compliment any musician can have. And, and then that's, that's the goal. And, and I might've said this in our last interview, but the, the biggest realization off of my first album, which came back way, came out way back in 2008 is, I, I would have people tell me that like oh we we'd leave it on all day to you know if we're in the backyard we'd leave it on as we're cleaning the house we'd leave it on and then it, it finally dawned on me this was the biggest this is the biggest revelation if there's and if there's anything anybody takes away from this interview would be this is is all of a sudden my perception changed from writing music it, it no longer became is this a good song or a bad song it became is this a song worthy of repeat listens mm-hmm. and yeah because again i i would hear a lot of stuff and, and i'm sure you what you listen to and hear dwarfs what i do but i would hear something and go okay well that wasn't bad but I don't know if I'm ever going to listen to it again mm-hmm. you know I do that with a movie I do that with a, a TV show it's like okay well it, it didn't offend me you know but it wasn't something that it's going to I'm going to want to revisit mm-hmm. and so you know and, and again that's a shame in the sense that if that artist spent time and money and recording and press and promotion got it out there and someone listens to it and goes okay well I get it that's all right what's next mm-hmm. you know so it's the it's the it's the re-listens it's the listenability it's the repeat listens yeah um like hey I'm 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 just gonna hang by the pool it's uh let's just throw this on this is cool yeah that that is the benchmark that beyond guest artists beyond you know who plays on it if if I can just get somebody to repeat listen to recording then I've I've won you know in essence mm-hmm. oh I agree with you absolutely yeah no it's it's definitely one of those records it's it's uh, it's got an intoxicating vibe to it for sure absolutely that's awesome yeah. thank you my friend Russ I thank you so much for taking some time to speak with us today and talk about this record we came in uh, before this uh, before we went Mike live uh, we came in on the title track Tracing Horizons if you could pick one song from the record to go out on, what would it be? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sophie's Choice. Here we go. Yeah, right. Um, you know, maybe the Marty song. You know, it is... Okay. Uh, or the Jorge. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> do I, do I want to leave the audience with a shred tune at the end of the <laughs> solo with some Marty or to feel good in a modal change with Jorge? I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll pick one of those two, and then you, I'll let you choose between those two. Okay, we'll do that. I will do that for you. I will get you out of the doghouse then. <laughs> Russ, thanks so much. Folks, the album is called Chasing Horizons. Um, you, can, you can hear it on YouTube. You can hear it anywhere you stream music. But like I always say, if you stream it and you like it, then go and buy it. Because if you buy it, it makes it that much easier for the artist to go ahead and make more of it. If you if you enjoyed it, buy it, and then you'll get more. Everybody wins. Nobody loses. So, thanks again, sir. Hold on one second, but we're going to sign off right here. Absolutely.
out Guitar Radio Show on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, GuitarRadioShow.com, and anywhere you get your podcasts. Find Guitar Radio Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And remember, if you like the artists you hear on Guitar Radio Show, don't just stream their music, buy it. (laughs) 